Hi, Mason. It's Friday, and this is the Friday Show. Been another busy week in City World, and joining me to run the rule over all things blue, I've got Mr. Kerry Collins first. Happy New Year. Been a while, Kerry. How are you? Happy New Year, everyone. I'm very How good, are thanks. you, sir? Thank you. Excellent. And Mr. Howard Hockey, you must have heard in the background there. Howard? <laughs> good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm a bit hoarse because I'm not used to getting up this early, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who are listening, we've got to do this before Kerry's kids wake up. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, for those, li- <laughs> yeah, for those listening, it is actually, <laughs> yeah. I should add it is nine o'clock as well. It's not like it's six a.m. or anything. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, hey, listen. Before we uh, before we get into into city things and football things, uh, if anybody knows what happened to Howard Hawkins' Twitter account, can we please have it back? <laughs> because uh, we'd like all those retweets back, and we feel like somebody's taken them off uh, us. Am I right, Howard? Yeah. Apparently, there's going to be a applause in the thirty fourth minute of the <laughs> city match tomorrow. <laughs> Which is a nice touch. That's very nice. You know the 34 on the end of my username? It was just, I used a random squad number from, you know, about 15 years ago for all usernames. Yeah. So that's actually Mark Kennedy, I think. Oh, wow. (laughs) Our old left wing. (laughs) That's how long I've been using the same username for everything. Mark Kennedy, heady days they were. Yeah. I actually remember being excited when he signed. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I I liked him. When he was on form, his his delivery was just top-notch, but... Absolutely. Obviously at a lower level, so. Hey, that reminds me, we we really should do another 9320 history show. I think we'll line that yeah. up in the next week or two. Uh, okay, uh, but can let's I just crack say on. then that my, my new Twitter's just HowieHock3434. If I get the old one back any time, I'll obviously tell everyone. So come on, come and follow me on there instead. Thanks. Go and follow Howard on HowieHock3434. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, an opening question. General football matters, really. Going off the season so far, who do you think will finish second to sixth in the Premier League and which three teams are going down? Um, I'm going to start with you, Kerry. Um, I, first of all, I love the fact Howard wrote this question and he's he's that, even even Howard now is that convinced that we're going to win the league. I love it. <laughs> second to sixth. Um, I think second to sixth will be the teams that are currently second to sixth. I don't know what order. Um, kind of, if you look on form, probably, you know, you there's a, there's a chance Liverpool might climb up a bit. I don't know. I, I sort of wonder if, you, if United will stay second. I think it'd be fun if they don't. Um, but, you know, Arsenal are sixth at the moment. They've just sort of, it's like five points between them and seventh. So I think that 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 group is sort of pulling away now. Mm. Okay. I feel a bit sorry for um, Burnley because I, I would have loved, you know, I don't particularly like Burnley, but it would have been nice to see them, you know, get get up that, get that little bit higher and stuff. But then in the last three games, they've kind of been put in their place, haven't they? They've, they've uh, you know, played Spurs and United and, Arsenal or someone like that. So you know they've had, they've had a bit of a um, bit of a tough run, and they've kind of dropped mm. because of it. But um, yeah, um, yeah. As for going down, I mean, it, it seems like this most years, doesn't it? Now it could be one of you know seven or eight teams. Um, I mean, at the moment, I think the the three in the bottom are the three that look most likely to go down. But I certainly don't think Southampton are clear of it. Yeah, it's a brave man who who predicts who's going to get relegated this season. Yeah. Because other than, in fact, I was going to say other than Swansea, but it's just so tight down there that anybody can win two games of football and find themselves thirteenth, twelfth, thirteenth suddenly. Um, so yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to try and predict that one. Um, hey, Howard, I want you to. Uh, I want you to tell me whether you think that. I want you to tell me who's going to finish second, third, and fourth, and why. Uh, I think United and Chelsea are second and third in some order, I think. Because Liverpool have having... You see, Liverpool are that team, aren't they? And they are slowly, slowly getting closer, I think, you know, to where they want to be, which is challenging for titles. I know, obviously, they've been close once, but I just feel the squad is... You know, it's been invested in slowly. Uh They've had, they're having a run now, and I just feel that they'll be typical Liverpool. They'll go and mess a couple of games up somewhere. I think 
Chelsea will just get second over United because Mourinho's Mourinho will make the team hard to beat and you know as always but he is still poisoning the place a bit uh, they're not playing great let's be honest and why would it but they've got good enough players to still pick up results generally and made you know keep keep a top four position so I think Chelsea will finish second United third and Liverpool f- fourth so the top four you know the four teams in the top four will, will stay in the top four so you don't think Spurs can catch Liverpool well, they just keep they keep doing what they did last night, don't they? I mean, some mm. days some days are superb, and Arsenal are Arsenal, aren't they? But they've got to catch up now. The five points behind Liverpool, so you know we've got sixteen games left. It's not seems a lot, but it's not that much. It's yeah, soon be whittled down. They've just I think Arsenal left themselves too much to do. They're too inconsistent, and I still think Spurs are hampered by playing at Wembley and by. Not strengthening the team, the depth really. Yeah, the first eleven's just fine, but that doesn't get you through a long season. So yeah, I think literally swap Chelsea and United, and the top six could stay as it is. Mm. Uh, pretty um, much five. Yeah, the other four would stay the same. I think that I think the difficult thing is that we're into January now, and there's suddenly big question marks, arguably over Liverpool and Arsenal's best players, um, with Coutinho being linked with Barcelona and and Sanchez obviously being linked with City. Uh, so I think that that might well have a bearing on how the rest of the season plays out, uh, because if one of those clubs lose one of those players in this window and don't replace them, then I think that that significantly hampers their chances. Uh, not just in terms of losing a quality player, but just psychologically what it does for the rest of the squad. I mean, you know, those Arsenal players, for all the talk of like, oh yeah, the Arsenal players want Sanchez gone. Once Sanchez is gone, who's going to score those goals and put those performances in that Sanchez does? I don't think they have another player that can do that. And it's the same with Liverpool and Coutinho. If they lose Coutinho, he is their best player. And for all the goals that Salah scored, I feel as though if they lose Coutinho, the goals will dry up a little bit. So... So I think that's what makes it very difficult to predict what happens between Liverpool and Arsenal. I would tend to agree on, on Chelsea and United. I think United are crap. I've got to be honest with you. I don't think <laughs> that they've... No, I mean, I just I don't think they've improved much at all in the, in the 14, 15 months that that guy's been in charge. And they've spent loads of money. And I expected this season that they would go up a level or that they'd attempt to go up a level. Um, but he's, you know, he's... He's just like a, he's like a disease that spreads Mourinho is, and he's he's infecting that club now in the way that he infects clubs, and you can see it in the kind of weirdly inconsistent. You know, they can look like they can look like Stoke for forty minutes, and then they can play football for ten, and you go, oh wow, okay, so there's actually some good footballers at United, and I think when a team is that inconsistent. Uh, I think it is down to the manager. So I think that they, I think they could, I think Liverpool could catch them if Liverpool keep Coutinho um, and Chelsea will finish second. That's my vibe because Conte quietly is, is just getting on with what he's doing. Uh, I, I love the, I love the, I love the narrative uh, this week. There's like, yeah, the counter, the backlash to the Mourinho criticism is that, well, United, United finished sixth last year so if they finished third now it's obviously or second it's an improvement well that, that's not an argument because they shouldn't have finished sixth last year uh, so just saying that you're finishing second or third this year which is what they should have finished last year with the squad they had then before they've bought further is that an excuse to say things are going in the right direction it just means you return to where you should have been last year before you bought more players and of course, he threw the yeah. You know, he didn't really put much effort in the league because he went all in on the Europa for the last uh, month or so. So it's it's just a ridiculous argument. It doesn't mean that they're on an upward curve and are now going to storm the league next year because they've gone from sixth to third or second. It's not how it works. Let them believe they that. Were, ex- Let them believe that they were <laughs> <laughs> they were expected to go for the title, and that's how, how everyone was talking. You know, at the beginning of the season. So, but yeah, that's. <laughs> All the narratives we've been talking about the last week. It's uh, rewriting history. I mean, you know, it's well, Mourinho is literally the epitome of how by uh, spending money doesn't guarantee success. When you look at it, 
it, it worked. Yeah. It worked for him, you know, in his in the early part of his career, and he spent a lot of money. Okay, you could argue at Porto he didn't, but you know that they have spent a huge, huge, huge amount of money, and it just it's absolutely laughable that it's generally you know. I mean, there's a, there's a fans of other teams as well, but you know, there's a, a lot of United fans calling us out for spending money, and it's just absolutely laughable. It's just you know, I mean, but they've always been revisionists, haven't they? But you know, it's just, it's just. It, I love it. I love the fact they spent so much money, and, and they're still no, they're still not good. <laughs> they're still nowhere near us. You know, um, I think the, I think the interesting thing with United uh, this season is that I really feel like the club, the manager, the players, they don't really realise how irrelevant they've suddenly become because of what Guardiola's doing and what City are doing, and I think that. A, a big sign of that is if you look at it, Mourinho's talked about City, about Guardiola, about uh, Klopp, about Liverpool. He's spoken about all the other managers in the last month. He said the kind of things that in seasons gone by, everybody would be going, it'd be, it'd be big headline news and everybody would be going, ooh, Mourinho's playing his mind games. Nobody cares. City is <laughs> so far ahead that, that whatever he says is an irrelevance. Whatever they do on the pitch, certainly in the Premier League, unless suddenly they start playing beautiful, expansive football, nobody's going to care about what they do. You know, grinding out grinding out wins against a, relega- a relegation-threatened Everton is not going to win Mourinho fans or plaudits. Uh, and that's really what he's in it for. You know, you look at his ego, and I think the thing that, that he's... The reason that he looks so angry all the time right now is because he knows that he's becoming an irrelevance. That there's, you know, even if Guardiola's not more uh, engaging or more charismatic in terms of the football that, he, that that his team play and the way that he conducts himself, well, Pochettino's like that. Klopp's a little bit like that as well. Mourinho's, Mourinho's like, I don't know how to say this, he's a bit like a dinosaur now in this league. Like, he's just... You know, you, you kind of look at him and he do, he doesn't... All those other guys I've mentioned, they represent a certain level of, of, of freshness in the Premier League. That, whereas Mourinho, his whole shtick, and because it's a shtick and it's always the same, it's uh, it's just gone stale. Anyway, let's talk about City now. Um, I've got a question. I, I think that this has come from something that, that, that I said to Howard. Uh, so I'll start with you, Howard. Why does Fernandinho not get the credit that I believe that he deserves in the national media. Can, and I just, to, to to qualify that a little bit, the season in 13-14 when we won the league, uh, we more or less played 4-4-2 and Fernandinho was a one-man holding midfielder and did exactly what Kante did for, for Leicester. And nobody ever really talked about it. And this season... For all the consistency of City's side and the consistency of the defence and Otamendi getting the plaudits and Stones getting the plaudits and Delft getting the plaudits and Guardiola getting the plaudits and De Bruyne getting the plaudits. Nobody's really talking about the enormous role that, that Fernandinho is playing. So, Howard, why not? <laughs> uh, well, there's no logical answer, really, because he should be being, you know, well, from the heavens, he should be mentioned in... Yeah, by journalists as one of our stars of the season. Uh, the only thing I can think of is he has a rounded game, and thus, like, I mean, it's not the you know it's not exactly the same as Gareth Barry, but Gareth Barry was our engine for a couple of years, and no one noticed. You know, a lot of rival fans thought he was rubbish, but he was keeping that, you know, he was keeping that team together and you know, allowing the you know the skillful forward players to do their thing. Uh, I don't. It just doesn't catch the eye. So he's not. I mean, he, even though he has scored about three screamers in the last year, it's just you know he's not an all-action player, is he? Just a lot of people like you know they just they go off what they see in front of them that visually appealing. So there's Kante running around blocking, blocking all the time, or someone that scores goals, someone with wing tricky wing play. But Fernandinho doesn't rely on one thing. He's just doing everything isn't it and it, you kind of it kind of passes you by and maybe because we've got so you know because a couple of our other players are so informed that they're kind of taking the uh, the spotlight away from him but, mm. but really no it's wrong I mean yeah the amount of it about Kante I mean if you listen to 
uh, you know, I listened to the Times podcast this week, and their, their play of the year, Henry Winters and Marcotti's play of the year for the yeah the calendar year was Kante. Uh, uh, shout out to Alison Wood for Kevin De Bruyne, by the way. Uh, all is forgiven. <laughs> uh, really, and I'm not going to argue. I'm not. I'm not going to argue against those two for to choosing that because you know he's won, he won won the league with Leicester. He's gone to Chelsea and done the same. But it just shows, you know, you hear so much about Kante and it's like, I don't, I re- rarely read anything about Fernandinho away from City fans talking about him. Literally, uh, Ka- don't, you just don't see anything, do you? Mm. Um, Kerry, do you think that in sides that are more defensive, the defensive players are highlighted more and, and in sides that are more attacking sides, the attacking players are highlighted more? So what I mean by that is that Kante gets the plaudits at Leicester and at uh, Chelsea because in both of those sides, because the system is quite defensive in some respects, there's a lot of focus on him and what he does. Whereas in more attacking sides, like the City side, no matter how much we know Fernandinho does, it's just the side's not built to focus on that. Does that make sense? Yeah. um, I think it's definitely the system. And I think it's the system we play is so new to this league and people are so far behind it in terms of, you know, the wider uh, kind of uh, football watching public and the journalists and that people just aren't, they just don't understand what he does. Um, And I just think he, you know, it's such an integral part of the system, but yeah, as we've said, you know, he's not, you know, we're, we're, because we're kind of playing such incredible football, creating so many chances, scoring so many goals you know, just the juxtaposition of what he does to that, it's always going to seem less exciting or, you know, less important. Um, but obviously we know because we watch City all the time that it, that it is, it's the most, one of the most vital roles in the team because it's the, he's, you know, it's that metronome, that ticking over that. And I just don't think, I mean, you know, we've had players playing that kind of role in this league in the past, but not in this sort of system. And I just think it's, I think a huge part of it is that, you know, Kante, as, as you said, he was playing in a team who were kind of, you know, they were. It was all about breaking breaking down the attack and then springing a counter attack themselves. So that was his role was, you know, to to yeah, blocks here, blocks there, and Fernandinho does it, but also he doesn't do it to the extent that Kante did it because he doesn't need to because the system works so well in terms of the positions of all the players that you know we're often we're not we don't need to make those last ditch tackles. So his role is just. I just think his role is just something that people aren't used to yet here. And mm. then when you put it next to all, you know, the 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 superb, you know, football that's going on ahead of him, it's. I think it's kind of inevitable that people are just going to, you know, he's just going to go under the radar a bit. Um, yeah, I think it's. So I think it's kind of a mix of that, really. But you know, the main thing is Pep rates him as highly as, as we 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 all rate him as highly as Pep rates him and. You know, I think he probably, that's all that really um, bothers Fernandinho, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that of, of, if you look at the squad um, of players that Guardiola inherited, the 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 one other than David Silva that you wish that Pep had got a hold of when he was younger, I think is Fernandinho. Yeah. Because I think if you look at the transformation in Fernandinho, um I just think this season, not it's not just it's not just the defensive work, but his passing, his range of passing has improved incredibly. The consistency of his range of passing has improved incredibly, and that's just for twelve, fourteen months with with Pep. So yeah, it's a shame that he didn't get hold of him a little bit younger. Um, it'll be interesting when the season ends and if we do win the Premier League and the teams of the season come out. You know when they put you know players in different positions. Yeah. I wonder if they'll put Kante in as the as the holding midfielder, or I wonder if some people will begin to acknowledge the role that um, that Fernandinho played. Okay, yeah. um, I think we know I think the we should talk a to little that. bit about <laughs> the game against Burnley because you all know how much I love Sean Dyche, and you know oh, how yeah. much I love talking about him. <laughs> well, um, go on, I'll admit he's still doing well. Well, actually, the first thing I was going to say... Um, They've not won in five, actually. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but if you look at the, the job that he's done this season, even a man as cynical and as churlish as me uh, 
has to take his hat off and go, that's amazing. If you look at their squad, their budget, I'll, I'm beginning to forgive him his, you know, his dinosaur tendencies when it comes to the type of football that he plays. And even that, I feel, is a little bit harsh because you look at the free kick that DeFore scores and you look at the, against United, that is, and you look at the, uh, the, the, the five or ten minutes after that. I mean, Burnley can play football when they when they want to. So, uh, so that yeah, that's my mea culpa. I, 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 I feel bad. I'm sorry, Mr. Sean Dyche. I think you're doing an amazing job. Still wouldn't have you as a city manager, but you are doing a good job. Well done. Um, Kerry, Howard, from City's point of view, how do we, how do we deal with the FA Cup, the, the first leg of the, uh, the semi-final of the Carabao Cup, and the fact that a week from now, more or less, we play Liverpool, in which is our most difficult game left of the season. Um, I'll start with you, Kerry. How how would you... I'm going to let you be Pep Guardiola now. Tell me how you rotate and deal with this week of fixtures. Well, I do have the same amount of hair as Pep. Um, <laughs> I don't think my brain, the brain inside my head is quite as good, though. <laughs> I don't know, it's tough, isn't it? I, I kind of feel like against Burnley, we'll see a similar team to what we put out against Leicester in the Carabao Cup the other day. Um, you know, it's, we're playing Premier League opposition, you know, but he, he still made quite a lot of changes and they, I, I know we we got through on, on pens, but um, I, th- I think he'll rotate, I reckon he'll rotate quite a lot. It's a really tough one, isn't it? Because, you know, the, we're in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup against Bristol City, like really, you know, there's an argument that you could rotate massively in that game. Um and still get through, um, and then Liverpool in any other week, I'd I'd be saying rotate everyone and put you know save everyone for Liverpool, but we're fifteen points ahead <laughs> at the top of the league, which is just such an odd situation to be in. So I don't know. I think. Do you think I? Sorry. Do you think it puts a responsibility on Pep the the size of the lead? Um, to maybe be a little bit more respectful to both of these cup competitions than he has been in... Maybe respectful is not the right word. I know that'll, that'll irritate people. I don't mean he's been disrespectful, but maybe he maybe the onus is on him to pick stronger sides because there is such a big gap in the league. Howard, I'm going to throw this over to you. Or do you think the Liverpool game just takes precedence? <sighs> if, if just take all emotion out of this... And no one is going to agree with me on this. The Liverpool game's far and away. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say far and away. I'm going to get absolute pelters for this. The Liverpool game is the least important of the next three. When you've got a 15 point lead in the league, but I know, I know how important it is to so many fans that we go there and put on a performance. That you know, considering what how rubbish we've played against them in the past. That this is our chance to pretty well to nail the league down for good, and you know, and to really you know come of age at Anfield and just you know how big would it be to, to go to Anfield and win? But then you step back and look at it, you know the FA Cup. It, Pep would probably have put a much weakened team out if we were you know neck and neck for the league. It would have been you know low priority, but. We have a you know with this fifty point lead, we can take advantage of that. As for Bristol City, I would say you rotate and over two legs, it should still be enough. But would it not be better to play the first team and get it done in the first leg? Try and get a big lead, and then you're taking a lot of pressure off the second leg where you can rest a few players. Now we're at home to a Championship side, a very good one, but we're at home to Championship side. Just go for it. Mm. I think he will rotate against Burnley, and Dyche has said he'll rotate as well uh, because of the Christmas schedule. So, you know, we could rotate and still be should still be heavy favourites. So you're just trying to balance it really. But Bristol City's Tuesday, Liverpool Sunday. I think the heavy rotation comes from the Burnley match. Yeah, but okay. I'll be a bit disappointed if it's so heavily rotated it takes us out of the competition because we can afford to go for this competition. Yeah. Well, and I, and I still cherish it as a competition. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that we, I can understand the fact that, you know, the league will always be the priority. Um, 
But I don't think that we can maybe turn our nose up to domestic cups in the way that... No, I agree. You sometimes get the impression that, you know, the the supporter base as a whole has collectively decided that, yeah, I'm not really that asked about the Carabao Cup. Um, and But it's a cup. I mean, you know, it's... Am I wrong in thinking in both seasons we won the Premier League, we won the League Cup? Did we win it in 11-12? I know that we uh, no, we didn't. No, no, we didn't. Um, but I just, I, I, for me, let's okay. Let's focus on. Let's focus on Burnley first, right? Um, in terms of the rotated team that you put out, would you rotate to the extent that we start seeing guys like Mangala and Zinchenko? Um, do we play then Fodden? Do we give Diaz a go? Does Torre get a game? Are we really talking about the? the last kind of, you know, nine players in our squad of 25. Is that the type of rotation that you expect him to do, Howard? Uh, no, no, I don't. Oh, it's possible. I don't know, to be honest. He's surprised okay. me a bit. He surprised me a bit by playing, you know, I think the Watford game was a bit stronger than I thought it would be. But probably somewhere in between. Also, uh, Foden can't play. I don't know how serious that injury was, by the way. Uh, yeah, it was, last he said year, it was yeah. a ligament injury, didn't he? Ligament injury. Last yeah, no, he third. definitely can't pay my apologies. Yeah. Uh, and Zinchenko, yeah, Zinchenko is not the end of the world. He's, he's been okay for us. So I could see someone like him coming in. I could see Mangala playing again, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and you can bring, you know, Bernardo Silva still won't be Gundogan. Would they be tired still? We don't have much choice up front, so Aguero might start. I think it'll be a mixture. There will be... There'll be three or four. If three or four players are rested, then I'll be fine with that because there's enough, mm. enough depth, depth there. Maybe Dice is playing mind games and puts his first team out and it all backfires. But uh, yeah, I think this will be the he- most heavily rotated of the next three games, definitely. Okay. Um, Kerry, Howard said he still cherishes the FA Cup. Uh, do they matter to you? Do, do, like, do, do cups matter to you? Or is it a case that the only trophies that really matter are the big trophies? No, they definitely still matter, yeah. I think, you know, for me, <laughs> I know we've won a few trophies in the last few years, but still grew up never winning anything. So it still it still means the world to win anything, even the, you know, yeah. even the Carabao Cup or whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, and I, I do think there's a hierarchy. You know, obviously, you know, the hierarchy is, very well established. If we could win the Champions League, if we had to choose Champions League or Carabao Cup, we all know what we'd choose. But you know, if we won the Carabao Cup and and you know, and the league, I'd I'd be absolutely thrilled. And I think Pep wants he just wants to get his hands on a first trophy. You know, and I think he in his mind, he's you know, he's thinking obviously Bristol City in the semi final, it's you know, with with the greatest respect to them, you know, we should we should be going through to the final of that. Um, where we'll play Arsenal or Chelsea, you know, both of whom we've okay. beaten this season. So, um, you know, I just, I, for me, they mean they still mean the world, and I, you know, I still want to get to Wembley and and be able to go and watch, you know, watch them and hopefully, uh, you know, lift a trophy. And I still feel, I feel like we've got some unfinished business after the Arsenal game last year. In, I know that was the FA Cup, but I just feel like I reckon I just feel like Pep wants to get in there and just get his hands on a knockout trophy. Mm, I see what you're saying. I think the one thing I want to put to both of you, though, is so so basically what you're both saying really is that the heavy rotation will come against Burnley and then he'll go a little bit stronger uh, in the semi-final against Bristol. Um, Howard, I'll start with you and then Kerry, you can answer this as well. Is there not going to be in his mind a little bit of loyalty to the players that have got him this far in the Carling Cup already? Or do we just discard all of those guys on the basis that, well, this is the semi-final now of a cup that we can realistically win. We've only got to win two games to, 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 to win it. And so you put your strongest team out and you don't have any sentiment for those players that have got you this far. Well, previous managers have shown that loyalty, haven't they? Uh, so, uh, you might be right. <laughs> you might well be right. But I'd rather, uh, over two like I always have the opinion that once you get to the semi-finals, you start taking it seriously. You go for the trophy and you do what's best for the team to mm. get the result. But yeah, uh, he may well show a bit of loyalty. But then again, that's you know who's left. You know who would he put in? Zinchenko and Diaz maybe on Tuesday. But you know he could do that in the second leg, couldn't he? 
Uh, yeah, but if he's going to show uh, loyalty in the first leg, then he's going to show loyalty in the second leg as well. I just, I feel as though... Uh, that, not necessarily. That, uh, not if he thinks, not if he thinks, let's get it done. Let's get this done in one leg. And then, yeah, they can have their second leg at Bristol City, but... Okay. It depends um, again on who's tired and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, because that's the shortest gap between two games, isn't it? So yes. Uh, and yeah, no, got to, I don't know what Bristol City will do. They've got the, you know, they're obliged to take it seriously, aren't they? Uh, they're in the semi-final of a domestic cup competition, but they're going for the biggest prize of all, which may have been a shock to them. Probably didn't really think that they'd be in this position where they're going for a promotion to the Premier League. Uh, so they've got to be quite careful as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I um, I think that uh, in fact, no, Kerry, you 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 tell me how you deal with this kind of the loyalty to the players that have got us this far in the Carabao Cup. Um, I think it's a whether really, you play them. I think it's a really good point, and I do think he he will. I think the probably the thing worth discussing is what do we consider rotation now as well? Because yeah, you know, like bringing in Mangala, Gundogan, Bernardo Silva. You know, yes, it's rotation in name because you know they they're not the first choice 11 however it's not really rotation in the way that it used to be um i think it was stefan that said on a previous pod about you know this is one of the first times we've we've seen where we can rotate a number of players and the the, the drop off isn't is is not huge you know um we're still playing in a, a very good standard it's not it's not as scintillating as the first 11 but it's still very very good and enough to beat almost everyone. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's a really good point though. I, you know, I think it's, I think he's definitely going to start with Bravo against Bristol City. I can't, I can't see him switching him out for Edison. I think it's, especially if Bravo's already a bit pissed off about things as seems to be, have been hinted. Um, so, you know, I think he's going to do, you know, he's obviously big on morale, Pep, isn't he? And I think he'll, I think he'll do what he thinks is good for morale for the, for the players that have gone this far. I think it would have been a game that, you know, it's a shame because I think Foden would have started against Bristol City or, you know, would have had a, would have had a shot at playing one of these two games, Burnley or Bristol City, and obviously he's injured. But um, I think we'll see Zinchenko in one of the two games. But I think um, Howard makes a good point as well because, you know, it is, we're playing Bristol on Tuesday and then Liverpool on Sunday. In theory, that, that you know, you could play the first 11 in both those games. Yeah, um, that's enough time to recover. However, I do, I do think you're right, Asan. I think he'll show loyalty to the to the team that's got us, that the players that have got us this far. Yeah. I think yeah. Zinchenko's one he might play next to because to protect Delph for Liverpool, having come back from injury and you know with no real backup. Uh, I, I, agree. I mean, Danilo can play there, but you know we know he's he doesn't really want to or isn't suited to it, so. He may, yeah, I think Bravo was in Chenko or two that he would stick in for Bristol City, uh, maybe Burnley too. But we'll see. Yeah, it's, I think I think the the interesting one for me with with Burnley will be the keeper because, um, I, yeah, I guess I just feel like it wouldn't surprise me in the least if he throws Bravo in and and says, right, you get both of the domestic cup competitions because you know I signed you as first choice and then I replaced you twelve months later. Um, yeah. But other than that, it's just I just find it really difficult to to call. I just I think he will show a little bit of loyalty to the players that have got him this far. So because of that, I do think maybe the Burnley side might be a little bit stronger than uh, than we expect it to be. Um, yeah. One last thing on on this game tomorrow, Howard. You mentioned the fact that Sean Dyche has said that he's going to rotate too. To what extent is that rotation about? injuries as in the medical team saying well these players just can't play because if they play they'll get injured um because if you look at it they are so far ahead of where they would normally expect to be or even want to be in the league itself that it's a little bit like city that that they can afford to 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 risk league points to do well in the FA Cup this weekend am I, yeah. am I wrong yeah, uh, well, it depends. I think, I can't remember the European qualification rules, but I think seventh can get into Europe, can't it? Uh, if things go, yeah, 
according to who wins the cups, I guess as well. And well, yeah, because the, because the 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 Carabao Cup finalists will be, you know, yeah. unless Bristol City beat us, then then the seventh place team in the league will get a Europa so League spot. So they have got that to go for. They're not going to break the big four. They're not going to uh, top four. They're not going to get relegated. But they may see, you know, fighting for that seventh place is more advantage, you know, a bigger priority than a long cup campaign that they're unlikely to win anyway. But if he's doing it because of the Christmas schedule, you can understand that all the managers have been changing stuff around. And I heard the other day that even a lot of lower league teams are going to be resting a lot of players this weekend. You know, so this is the problem with the FA Cup nowadays. You know, teams all through divisions are prioritising the league. You know, if they go, if they're in a relegation scrap or they're in the promotion spot, uh, and that's you know just a modern day problem with this competition. Uh, I'd be more angry as a Burnley fan. You know, I'd, I'd want them to go for it, but you can understand that if he changed a few because of the games he played. What would anger me more is if he was just throwing it because of the league. You know, like yeah. plenty of managers have done it in the past. Sam Allardyce used to do it all the time at Bolton. It must have been infuriating. You can't win anything. You know, you're not going to win your leagues. You're just there for survival in the Premier League and then you just discard cup competitions. I'd be absolutely fuming if he just discarded it just to protect his league position. Because, you know, what difference would this one game make they'd get the next week off won't they so yeah but you know you know that all the managers would just argue well you know what how's about the the authorities and the tv companies they figure out a way to not have a christmas and new year schedule that makes us play as many games as it does and then we'll take the competitions more seriously i agree with their moaning they're right there was there was one game too much but it's now happened so what's happened's happened and uh that can't be changed it doesn't excuse you throwing a cup competition. You know, he still should be competitive in it, at least. You know, probably the best team he can that's fit and at 100%. Because as a fan, I'd want that from a manager to take all competitions seriously. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Because you don't get many chances. You know, you just don't know where it ends, do you? Yeah, you know, like, look at Wigan. Or even Millwall getting to the final. You just... Yeah, from Chesterfield to semi-final. They're memories they'll never forget. So, you know, it's, it's better than just scrapping around the middle or bottom of the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, I just think, I, th- I do think, though, that the, the, the FA need to do more to, in terms of sorting the fixtures out so that managers don't have this excuse when it comes to the cup competitions. Yeah. Um, and then maybe if they do that, then we'll have a better idea of, of which managers actually care about the cup because right now it's more or less a get out for everybody because the fixtures are, are the way they are over the um over the christmas and the new year period uh, okay kerry give me a prediction for city versus burnley a uh, score prediction or lineup yeah <laughs> score, score prediction um i think even if we rotate i think we should we should still win that game I got a feeling it won't be pretty though. <laughs> so it might be like two <laughs> one or something. <laughs> Scrappy two one. Okay, Howard, what about for you? Yeah, exactly what Kerry just said. So I'll be allowed to do the same score. Yeah, of course you can. Two one, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um I think we'll win. I think it'll be a little bit more comfortable than both of you suggest. Um I think that the I think weirdly enough, the Palace game was like a, a, a sort of rock bottom in the sense of like that was the 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 extreme point of of tiredness and fatigue and all of those things setting in. Uh, and I think we saw against Watford that that the team have sort of come out the other end and are playing football again. Um, so I expect that to continue against Burnley, and I think it will be a comfortable win. Uh, okay. We're going to do this. We're going to do this very rapidly. Um, I've got some questions from the listeners. First one, um, you know what, Howard? I'm not going to ask your first question first. I'll ask it last. First question is: You, from... d- you don't have to ask them all. I've just I've given you a selection. <laughs> I like them. I, I like them all. To be honest with you, <laughs> um, would Sanchez be the first big name signing since Robinho? Um, and then Aguero. And this is from Darren Caspia. And the point he's trying to make is just about the reputation of the player at the point of the purchase. So basically, Aguero, 
had more or less just established himself as a world-class footballer. Robinho was definitely established as a world-class footballer, although I don't know why, because he was never that good. Um, <laughs> is, is, would Sanchez be the first big name since then? Kerry, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, I guess probably, yeah, I think probably would. I mean, you know, we've bought a lot of young players. We've bought some, obviously we've spent <clears throat> a lot of money, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of money on established Premier League players who, you know, are fantastic, like Kyle Walker and, you know, John Stones, I think people like that. So I guess and if you're talking about world-class, you know, world stars, the kind of person that would possibly be on the front of, you know, FIFA, <laughs> FIFA, six, FIFA 17 or something like that, or FIFA 18 now, sorry, um, you know, then, yeah, probably, he probably is. Yeah, I think he, I can't think of anyone else we've signed who's at that level of um uh in in terms of kind of their their position in the game and their their ability to change games i guess it the interesting thing is that, you know all of those players named in the question are you know strikers as well so do strikers gen do strikers in general get tagged world class a bit easier i don't know um but yeah i think he, you know i think he's definitely the highest profile would be one of the highest profile signings. Mm. And I hope we get him. Okay. I mean, De Bruyne, I don't think De Bruyne had the reputation he's got now. Even though he well, was, I was just about he was, to ask... he was ripping it up in the Bundesliga, but I mean, it's quite subjective. It's a good, good question, by the way. Very good question. Uh, it's subjective on, you know, on what you think uh, is a world class or. What leagues you watch. <laughs> yeah. Or how you rate the league he's in. Yeah. And I think. Bizarrely, the uh, Bundesliga is still denigrated a bit, even though it's you know one of the best out there. But uh, is it of the highest quality of the you know Spanish or English? Well, it might well be. Yeah, I mean, the Bruins are nearest. I think, as Kerry said, we've we've signed a lot of uh, very very good you know Premier League players, but you know Sterling was probably too young to be put in that bracket anyway, even though he's doing superbly at Liverpool. Stones obviously needed developing and Mendy hadn't done it for long enough to be in that bracket. I think you need another couple of years for Mendy to be, you know, in that bracket. So De Bruyne's the only one I can think of that's close to it. So Aguero definitely was, because I just remember the day he signed, thinking, Oh my god, we've arrived. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything, yeah. Everything that's gone before, this is this is different level purchase yeah. this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um Lutho Ben asks, could Diaz do a job up front in Jesus' absence? Uh Kerry? <sighs> Dunno. Uh that's a tough one, isn't it? Um Don't know. I I mean it, I wouldn't be averse to trying it in like the Bristol game or something like that. You know, or, but I don't think he will. Um, don't know. I, I'd like. You know, we haven't. We've not seen enough of Diaz yet. He's clearly got the skill set. Um, has he got the physicality yet? Maybe not. Has he got the confidence yet? Maybe not. You know, when he came on against Shakhtar, he seemed quite, quite confident, and he was running at players. And I was thinking, oh, this is really, really exciting. Um, <clears throat> and then. When he played um, against Leicester, it just didn't. He, he seemed to be a little bit in his shell again. So, you know, in terms of just basic skill set, yes, I'm sure absolutely he could. But I think it's probably more about confidence with him at this stage. Mm. Um, okay, it's not Alex. really. A, it's not a striker, though, is it? But no, I was going to say. I think <clears throat> for the moment, at least, I think he's he's, he's not he, there. Yet. He, he couldn't play yeah. centre. I mean, if you if you were talking about when G, when Jesus plays on the left, you know. Maybe, but yeah, I don't. I don't. He's certainly not a like yeah. for like replacement, is he? See some eclectic lineups with Sterling in the middle and pushed up front, maybe, and yeah. Diaz out wider. But yeah, uh, don't know. Depend. Yeah, you know, I'll just. It makes me think about later in the season, and I'm. I'm not. I'm not assuming Kerry that we've already won the league by five <laughs> points. But you know, if we did get a, a fifth, you know, if we maintained uh, fifteen or it went up to eighteen point lead, would he start tinkering and? in league games uh, with stuff like this and would you want him to or would he keep playing his stronger sides I don't know 
Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. I'm sure there'll be like a points record, or you know, you see what I mean that that there'll be something that will keep that that the that will keep those those first team players wanting to play every week. I don't envisage a situation where the league's won and there's literally nothing left to play for in the Premier League, um, yeah. and Pep yeah. suddenly starts throwing loads of uh, loads of kids in. Um, okay, I want to wrap this up with one final question and it's from Rosa42 and I think it's a good question and a bad question at the same time but I'm going to ask it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Rosa. Um, should Vinny retire and become part of Pep's backroom staff? Uh, Howard? Uh, well, you'd have to ask, it depends what he wants to do. First, I could just say he's, he's just got his business uh, degree anti or something and he's spoken out today about how yeah, you know, what we've been saying for years about how uh, clubs should lower ticket prices. So he's already getting pretty political, which is good. Uh, it's about time a player said it, you know, that if you want to get the real fans back, you need to put the prices down. So if he's going to come out with stuff like that, then we definitely need to keep him on uh, maybe in a commercial capacity at the, you know, as an advisor. I yeah. just The problem with Vinny, uh, let's start with the playing side, is... You know, he'd probably play for free now because of his injury problems. Don't want to be presumptuous again and say what he'd do. But we can't carry it. Yeah, we have squad sizes are limited. You know, you can't have infinite number of players. So if he's in the squad, he has to maintain a level of fitness and that's the problem. Uh, I don't think he has to retire yet. It's just, you know, only he knows if his body can, (laughs) can get more games out of him. But, you know... It was a minor injury he's just picked up. Is he happy to play 15 games a season, Max, and pick up a, a succession of niggly injuries that keeps him out for two weeks a month here and there? Yeah, just the same cycle, isn't it? Only he knows. It's not really for me to say whether he should retire or not. That's his decision. Mm. But I think he'll really struggle to get into our squad next season. If he goes away, he obviously can come back at a later date, and I think he'd be an absolute... I mean, it's just we really should be looking... Depends what what he wants to do, doesn't it? Does he want to manage, coach? Does he want to be like a CEO? Does he want the business side? He's got the qualifications now. But yeah, if it's a business side, he'd be an absolute asset to our club, you know, to keep when the time is right. So it's not for me to say when to retire, but I'd be amazed and rather disappointed if he wasn't used, employed by the club in the future after he stops playing. Okay. Um, Kerry, just to a slightly different angle on this, I know that <clears throat> our our regular contributor, Stefan, he, he often says that the biggest problem that we have with Vinny is that nobody will buy him because he's on a massive contract uh, and it has some years to run still. Um, Bear, is that maybe a... Is, is company the type of character that you can see making that decision himself to retire because he wants to sort of play at the top level and if he can't play consistently at the top level, he'd rather remain involved at City as a coach or in some other capacity? Or does he strike you as the type of guy who's basically wants to play football? So we'll go, well, you know what? I'll go this summer and I'll, you know, even if it means that I've got to take a pay cut and all the rest of it, I'll do that. And I'll go and play at a lower level somewhere else. What what side do you think is what outcome do you think is more likely for Vinny? It's a really good question, um, and I don't know the answer. Obviously, um, he's, he's he's clearly such an incredibly driven individual. So on the one hand, you would think that if he thinks he can still play football, that he'll still he'll go and play football for whoever wants him. Um, and if that means taking a pay cut and all that, he's you know he's an incredibly um, intelligent, erudite guy. I'm sure he will totally understand if he needs. He, he, he's going to know that if he's going to go somewhere else, he's going to have to have a pay cut. Um, <clears throat> however, I think it it really does all come down to that thing again of you know what does he want to do? Um, I've not heard about him doing any coaching badges or anything yet. You know, he's obviously done his business degree. Um, you know, it's I don't know. I think. Future director of football? Yeah, I mean, for me, I would, I, I don't want to see him go anywhere else, you know. And I just, <laughs> I, I sort of hope he has this thing inside him where he wouldn't want to go anywhere else. You know, he's got obviously family, and you know, he's got his, his, his wife's a Mancunian, and his, he's got his, his kids and all that. And 
you kind of hope you wouldn't want to go anywhere else and he would just be realistic. However, he's such a driven individual and, you know, you've seen him on those videos when he's get, getting fit again and how hard he's working and he obviously still believes he can do it. Um, however, yeah, it's going to be a big call next season. I, I don't know how many years are left on the contract, um, but I think it's a fair point. If no one's going to buy him, you know, do we what what do we do with him? Do we keep him around? And he might play, you know, 15 games a season. Um, but he's not, you know, we we all know he's not going to be, he's probably not even, the, he probably next season won't even be in the top three of us, in top three choices, which I don't think we ever thought we'd think. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know the answer. All I would say is I think it's, he's, or we all know he's incredibly driven. And I think that, it, it depends which whether he wants to keep playing football or whether he just thinks I want to be a city man forever, <laughs> you know. And he wasn't a city man in his younger days, so maybe that's not as important to him as we think it would be. But you know, the stuff he's gone through with the club and the way he talks about Manchester, and I kind of hope he he sort of just thinks if he if he thinks his body can't do it, he will just say okay, <clears throat> or maybe even go to one of the CFG, you know, one of the other clubs to do something. If he wants to be a coach, you know, do a bit of a Vieira. Um, I just don't want to see him go and sign for, you know, <laughs> sort of like a lower league club. And in a way, in a way, I sort of wanted Zaba to do the same. You know, I wanted him just to stay yeah. at the club and start coaching or doing yeah. something. But obviously, you know, we've got yeah, we've no, got absolutely. a lot of legends now. <laughs> we can't we can't do it for everyone. Mm. But v, I think no, Vinny absolutely. is a special case, isn't he? You know, he's been our captain through this period, and he's just I think he's one of a kind in terms of a footballer with with the kind of intellect that he has as well. So he, I think he... Absolutely. That's, that's how it's but, He's such an asset. We've got to keep him. Yeah, but... Sorry, our owners are, you know, obviously big on PR and how this, you know, projects for them by buying the club. And just imagine having company in Zabaleta as club ambassadors. It's just like... I sort of feel like I can't imagine he'd want I to do that. Think- in, in You know, in a, in a way like he would... I don't know. In my, in my mind, an ambassador doesn't feel like it feels like he he would probably think I could achieve more than that. Yeah, it's what retired yeah. people do. Like exactly. Ferguson yeah, you know, when he's a lot older, or, yeah, but not right now. I think. Yeah. Right. I don't mean just travelling around. Yeah, I mean I think the role would be a bit more <laughs> than just being an ambassador. But I mean, if they represented our club in any form, absolutely. Yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah, it would be very positive for the club. Absolutely. Um, right, gentlemen, I'm wrapping this Friday show up. Um, thank you very much. Kerry Collins. Thank you. Howard Hawking, thank you very much. Ah, thank you. Thank you to everybody who listened. If you haven't already signed up to the 9320 player, go over to our website and sign up. You can get loads of match reviews after all the games, previews. We do Champions League specials. We do interviews. Loads of stuff. Uh, £4 a month. I think it's well worth it. So head over to the website and check it out. If you haven't already, uh, we will be back on the 9320 player on Monday with a review of our cup game against Burnley. Until then, have a lovely weekend and up the blues.